mentality, the characteristic attitude of mind or way of thinking of a person or group. This week, we're talking about a victim mentality. We're talking about the differences between being victimized and taking a mentality of being a victim. We're talking about why someone would want to choose to act like a victim. And we're talking about how to recognize these behaviors and how to put a stop to them. We've all experienced some form of trauma in our lives, and by no means is this downplaying the things we've all been through. But we want to just express to everyone here that just because you have been a victim does not mean that you have to stay a victim and that there is freedom in Christ. Let's take a listen. We are for the spiritual nomads, the outcasts, and the ones who desire to ask the hard questions. A shelter in the desert, a safe place to share our thoughts, our hopes, and our dreams. We are pursuing the truth, and we don't care about the consequences. We invite you to come and sit at our table and be a part of our tribe. We are brave. We are bold. We are the Reckless Pursuit. Hey everyone, welcome to the Reckless Pursuit. My name is Cody. And my name is Elaine. And we are your hosts. And you're listening to episode 57. And the topic that we're talking about today is victim mentality and what that looks like, how that comes about, how even trauma goes along with the victim mentality and different ways that we can kind of overcome having that mentality. Yeah, so this is something that's been kind of came up really this week and it reminds me of a lot back to whenever I was just a youth pastor dealing with students who maybe grew up in that kind of environment or what have you and it's something that can definitely latch on to us and of course there's trauma in our life, there's things that happen but on the other side of that, we can become addicted to that trauma. So we're going to talk about all that. But first, we want to invite you to join the conversation. We have a community group, the Reckless Community, where we would love to have you be a part. There we can constantly keep the conversation going, asking questions, posing thoughts, and just sharing our hearts. So go to the show notes below, click that link, and ask to be a part. Also, we have a favor to ask. If you enjoy this show, the best way to spread uh, what we're trying to do here at The Reckless Pursuit is by word of mouth. We would greatly appreciate it if you would share this on with someone who you think would benefit from having a place to ask questions. With that being said, we're going to get right into today's topic, the victim mentality. Here it comes. So as we were trying to find the topic that we are going to talk about in the podcast this week, um, you kind of came up to me and said that you wanted to kind of discuss the victim mentality. And so I just kind of wanted to know, Cody, like, why was this on your heart? Why were you wanting to discuss it? So honestly, um, there was, I was reading an article about a church that sent out like 40,000 handwritten notes to people all around their local area. And a lot of people really enjoyed these notes. Some of the notes were a little off-putting. You know, it's never cool to receive a note saying like the devil's work is uh, at play in your life or something like that. That's creepy. But most of the notes were, from my understanding, 
pretty chill, and I was reading a lot of the remarks from people who were actually offended by this, and some of them had obviously been through a lot of trauma, some of them obviously had a lot of baggage, but some of them were just playing the boohoo card. Like, let's just be honest about it. Like, they were just milking this thing because some people just like to be offended. And honestly, I like talking about this subject right now because as we have progressed deeper into the Trump campaign and deeper into internet culture as it's growing and flourishing and things are changing and uh, just everything is evolving around us. And I have come to realize, like, well, honestly, it's not something I've come to realize. This generation's kind of been coined as an offended generation. And there's a whole group of conservatives calling out snowflakes, uh, snowflake liberals who always are just constantly up in arms and offended. And then there's, of course, the other side saying, well, you don't understand how to look at anything from someone else's perspective. And the truth is, as always, somewhere in the middle. Like, of course, we have to be able to look at other people's perspectives, but at the same time, there is a point in our lives where we have to build a bridge and get over it. And the problem is whenever we stay and we allow ourselves to get trapped in those moments of offense, um, we kind of lock ourselves down to this mentality where we don't allow ourselves true freedom. We don't allow ourselves to get out and uh, the church I used to work at, honestly, one of the most bold things that I ever heard there preached was, if you're going to bring a fence, make sure to bring a gate so you can get out. And it's quirky and it's funny, but it's so true. Like, we can get so up in arms about everything, and we can find a reason to get pissed off about so many different things, and it creates a victim mentality. So what is a victim mentality, Elaine? So someone who has a victim mentality feels like there isn't hope for the future. There's They don't allow room for growth and they put up unhealthy boundaries and walls against other people. And they kind of feel like they deserve special treatment because of certain things that have happened to them. They kind of are stuck in the mindset. And, and we're not necessarily talking about like super traumatic experiences where people honestly have a reason to be distraught, but there are a lot of people who just have a victim mentality where they just kind of throw themselves into despair and allow crazy situations to happen just so people will feel sorry for them. They allow bad things to happen to them to feel a psychological desire feeling needed or wanted by society because they were a quote victim. So they feel like they deserve special treatment and they just refuse to acknowledge any other way of out of their experiences. Yeah, and just to emphasize what you said there, and I, I'm glad you said that, it's okay to be a victim. We're not saying that people are not victims because that's just utter nonsense. People are victims of hate crimes, of racial, sexual uh, physical abuse, emotional abuse, psychological abuse, violent crimes, acts of injustice all the time. What we are saying is sometimes we can get caught on these things in the long term, and I'm not even speaking like healing is a lifelong process. Trying to get over something is a lifelong process. 
but we make choices along the way to either stay in that realm of hurt or to try to get out of it. So what causes a victim mentality? And I have a few things here that I want to highlight. Elaine, jump in here whenever you want. Uh, The main thing is actual abuse. Uh, actual physical abuse, just like we were talking about, or any kind of abuse, mental, physical, psychological, any kind of abuse can cause a victim mentality. Now, it does not directly cause that. What it does is it opens the doorway in which sooner or later these things can come to fruition. And we'll talk about why someone would choose to stay in those kind of hurts and those kind of situations here in just a bit. But right now, just, just hang tight, Let's try to bottle up offenses for just a second because we're going to get to that. But yes, actual abuse can lead to a negative uh, personality, which is a victim mentality. Just as one more disclaimer, we're not saying that if you have received some kind of trauma that you are um, not a victim because that is not the point at all. Uh, One of the other big things that can lead to a victim mentality is traumatic parenting. So I can speak a little bit on this because my mother, uh, being that her situation and what she grew up in, she was created to be this, but she had borderline personality disorder. And I didn't learn that until after her passing and counseling and seeing people that knew her and other professionals that like this is what she had. But she was very much a victim. Anytime someone said anything against her, it was always poor me, woe is me, the world's out to get me. It was always a me, me, me thing, and a you did this, a you did that, they did this. It was never owning of her own responsibilities. Well, as I grew up, I had to fight those very same urges in relationships that of mine, friendships and relationships and work environments where I had to constantly evaluate, am I doing this because I watched my mom do it because she knew how to get her way? In what way is, you know, this about her playing a victim and about me learning how she behaved? And I had to constantly evaluate my circumstances. Uh, on, an, on the flip side, traumatic parenting the other way where parents spoil children or parents are abusive can all also lead to these same things because it's a way of escapism. Another thing is they when people notice attention. A lot of this happens in your young teen into early adulthood years, but it can happen at any point in your life. But you notice that when something traumatic happens to you, you get attention from it, and people thrive in attention. Our conscious minds desire attention. God created us to desire attention uh, in the form of community. But whenever you don't know how to properly seek these things out, it becomes this infatuation, and it can cause us to constantly look for negative things in our surrounding uh, sphere of influence that we can draw on to, to leech sympathy from other people. And so it can come from just this lack of attention, whether that be growing up or what have you, maybe uh, being an outcast, maybe it could be, maybe they can tie together, maybe it could be abuse at home. So they're looking for tension from their friends, or maybe it could be uh, an actual abuse of some kind from a spouse. So they go looking for attention from coworkers, see how this, this all kind of plays together. And it's normally, a lot of times it's multiple things. And the last thing I have on this list is it's a learned trait. And that's not really what causes it. It's just something to be mindful of. If no one is born with a victim mentality, 
Children come into the world in unfair circumstances all the time. And half of them will grow up to have great positive views of themselves, and the other half may not. Those aren't real statistics. I'm just using that as an example. But a victim mentality is a learned trait. There is something that happens in our lives where it clicks and says, this is a way to get out of uh, my trauma, and then clicks and says, this is a way to get what I desire that leads us to getting locked down into that state of mind. And I think that it's important to acknowledge the traumatic experience that you have been through. I think there's power in talking about the problems and talking about the situations that you grew up in or marriage problems or personal problems, church hurt, all of that stuff. Any traumatic experience, there is power in talking about it and sharing your story because one, it helps other people even have a story of their own and give them kind of permission to share their story. But also there was this saying that I've kind of heard where it was like, the more you shared your testimony, the less power Satan had over you. Whether that's whatever sin you're dealing with or whatever traumatic experience, the more you share it, the more that it doesn't have that burdensome weight on you. So I think it is important to acknowledge the trauma, but I think it's just as important to not allow that trauma to take over your lives. And, you know, we're not called to have a defeated mentality. There are ways to rise above that victim mentality. There are ways to talk about your problems with your friends or counselors or spiritual guidance. And we're just not called to stay in that victim mentality. Sure, those things have happened. Sure, those things are significant in our lives, significant points in our lives, but we're not supposed to stay there. That's not how our story ends. And I feel like choosing to acknowledge the hardships and the trials is great. But there's also power in choosing to stand tall and walk away and take the steps necessary for the healing process itself. Now, all that being said, I want to bring up one other topic that comes to my mind whenever we talk about this, and it's victim shaming. And this is where, and this happens a lot in church circles specifically, uh, is what's on my mind, but it happens everywhere, mind you. Uh, but you think of an abusive situation where someone is shaming someone into staying where they're at. If you are a victim of an abuse, this is not saying by any means you should stay where you are. That is completely against what we believe. You should get out. You should seek refuge. You should find people to rally around you. The problem comes whenever we get addicted to that feeling of being a victim and the support we get, and we begin to cry wolf. Now, Bible verses have often been used to lord over people to keep them entrapped in their in their in their um, places of abuse, and that is not okay. And that is not, as Elaine said, that is not the life you're called to. So the first step, of course, in any victimization situation and a good preventative is to get out of the situation to begin with. And speaking on a personal level, that's something I have seen, witnessed, and even dealt with a little bit of myself is we can have a victim mentality and still be a victim. What do I mean by that? We can get addicted to being in the situation that causes the victim or causes us to be the very victim that we are. Abusive relationships, abusive 
church circles, abusive friendships, negative friendships, gossipy friendships, all of these things do create and by definition cause us to be a victim, but we're addicted to the feeling because we enjoy the drama and we get caught up in it so much that we don't leave because we simply don't know how to behave without that level of uh, drama in our life. So let's talk a little bit about why someone would even choose to have a victim mentality. And before we get into that, I just want to say this. Maybe you're hearing this. Maybe this sounds like someone you know. Maybe this sounds like you even a little bit. And Maybe it's kind of offending you or catching you off guard. Let me make this declaration. Most of the time, this is something done subconsciously to fill a void in our lives. This is not something most people, and I say most, there are people out there who very much do this uh, completely knowingly, willingly, and they have a, a mental grasp of what they're doing and the, the deception behind it. But most people do this on a subconscious level. It's a, it's a survival mechanism. It's something we do to cope whenever we don't know how to properly deal with our circumstances, and it's something we end up getting snared in. But why would someone choose this? And I say choose as in like, why would our brains default to this type of behavior? I think a big one is no responsibility. Uh, we don't have to take responsibility for our actions. You don't have to uh, admit whenever something is something you did wrong because you're a victim. It's, oh, I did this out of my trauma. And I think back to the article I was reading about the 40,000 mail outs. A lot of these people were just kind of throwing out these kind of silly excuses like, I don't believe that way, and so it offends me. And most people would be able to look past these generalized things and say like, hey, this person believes that way, and that's a kind statement to them. Henceforth, I should take this kindly. There are insta uh, you know, situations where I'm sure, like, yes, that does bring up traumatic experiences. People are still dealing with things, and that's that's acceptable and okay. But it's the times where we don't have to take responsibility. Oh, I don't want to do X, Y, and Z because that's too traumatic. I don't want to handle my mood swings because I'm a victim. I don't want to have to be... Uh, behave a certain way because I'm a victim. I don't want to have to apologize for my anger or outlashing because I'm a victim. And those are the no responsibility. Uh, that's the no responsibility part and why someone would choose that. It's, it's a great cop-out, honestly. And I honestly believe that most everyone has been through some form of traumatic experience, whether that be church hurt, whether that be hurt from your parents or your friends or a colleague or your spouse, those closest to you, strangers on the internet, we all have experienced some form of trauma and everybody's story is unique to that individual. But one of the things that entraps us into a victim mentality is that there are some things that we may find offensive because they were, they were certain trigger words or trigger actions or whatever that kind of sparked us back into those situations and experiences that were traumatic to us at whatever time that was, or even the time that you're still going through those traumatic experiences. And I feel like kind of with what you're talking about, the church sending out the, 
handwritten letters of telling people that God loved them and stuff like that. And some of the people who were like, well, that would be offensive to me because blah, blah, blah. And I feel like what entraps us in our victim mentality is simple gestures like that. I feel like maybe wouldn't be offensive to one person, but somebody who would find some type of offense with with that would almost feel like that person was wrong or didn't care about that person who was offended because they didn't find the reason to be offended in the first place. And they may feel like they're inadequate for feeling that offense because someone else didn't see that. Right. Offense begets more offense, basically. And uh, the victim mentality is contagious. And I feel like people who may have some of those triggers and experiences that they've been through, I feel like there should be a little bit of grace in that with the other person who may not have had that traumatic experience from the person who was in that because sometimes we have to realize that just because we went through something or just because something is triggering to us or offensive to us doesn't necessarily mean that's the way it is for everyone else. And I feel like one of the negative things about having a victim mentality kind of clouds your perspective from somebody else, like understanding somebody else's perspective because you feel like, well, this happened to me, so everyone should think this way. Right. I actually have a real life experience to that. I mean, I've talked about it numerous times here. I'm not just trying to bring up, you know, old things here, but my mom was a raging alcoholic and I took a victim mentality because I was angry and I was hurt and it was traumatic and and that's okay. It's okay to have trauma and hurt. But I had a lot of, you know, just emotional, psychological abuse growing up with that. And I took the mentality of all people who drink are bad. And I carried this for a long time. And I had some very dear friends of mine while I was at their house one night who had mentioned they drank a glass of wine. And they said, Cody, I honestly have been terrified to ever tell you this because I figured you would judge me for it and you wouldn't want to be my friend anymore. And that was devastating. That was a wake-up call moment to me. It was like, hey, Cody, you're writing this thing way too much. Your mother's choices do not dictate your outcome and how you are allowed to judge people. If anything, it should cause you to want to help people that are struggling with that, not just hate everyone around you, whoever takes a sip of alcohol by that nature uh, you couldn't even you know read the bible all these things in our minds that we set up as strongholds like i had pushed away one of my truest friends and i had to deal with that in the ride home i had to really deal with that thought of like this person had been scared to tell me this for years that they drank occasionally with dinner, had a glass of wine or whatever. It's not even like they were an alcoholic. They weren't even telling me anything like that. It was just, hey, I was afraid to tell you this because I thought you wouldn't want to have anything to do with me anymore. And I realized in that moment I had a victim mentality. I was allowing someone else's trauma that they had placed on me, that they had done toward me, to dictate how I felt about other people. And so, yes, our traumatic experiences are real, but at some point when we come out of those, it gives us a, a voice to speak up in favor of those who have went through those things. But it doesn't give us a voice to condemn others and to hate on others because of what someone else did and project someone else's errors onto someone who's innocent. 
And I even think that it's a lot harder whenever the traumatic experience is a, I don't know if it's not really like a, a race or who can have the most traumatic experience, but I feel like if there was a way to kind of rate experiences or whatever from maybe like an internet troll who made you upset to somebody being a rape victim or something, I think for somebody who was a rape victim, I think it's hard for those specific people who were victims of that for dating or marriage or getting close to people because they have this persona that they feel like, well, every person that I'm going to be with or any person that I'm going to be with could be this abusive to me. Absolutely. And that's why we're talking about the victim mentality. We're not trying to talk about trauma just yet. That's a topic we'll get to, but that's that's just there's so many more layers to that there's so much that it it changes changes you on just such a deep level but the whole thing about a victim mentality is a lot of times we're not actual victims and sometimes it may be triggered by an an abuse or something in our life but this is well past the point of getting over it this is to the point of using it and getting locked down into that and so another reason of why someone would choose to be a victim it gives them an entitlement an entitlement to complain, an entitlement for their actions, entitlement to gossip. They have the freedom to do this because they're the victim. A lot of times when you pretend to be a victim or you take a victim mentality, you can use your hurt that you claim you have as a platform to talk about others to gossip about them it gives you that entitlement to complain about your surroundings but not actually take initiative to do anything about it and so it's a cop-out card in all seriousness to not have to own up to the things around you and it gives you that entitlement card to play to say hey i don't have to do these things because it i'm a victim in this situation the next thing i have here is It's an identity we get wrapped up in, and it's a way to be interesting. A lot of people thrive on the idea of being able to talk about those things that have caused them hurt and grief, and not from a place of overcoming, but from a place of still being settled into that. It gives them, mind you, we all have a voice, but some people feel as if they don't, and and those situations give them a voice. Now, that being said, When you come out of trauma, whenever you overcome a a huge obstacle in your life, you should be able to be open and honest and share that and, and use it as a platform to lift others up. But people with a victim mentality use it as a platform to keep other people down. Misery loves company. And it gives you stories to tell and a way to behave. And it makes you someone where those who naturally want to help people, uh, It gives you a way to feed off of their energy, uh, to to draw off of them and to to give yourself meaning in life through the pursuits of other people trying to better you. Let's be honest. Some people are just addicted to drama. Like People love to have that around them because it gives them meaning and purpose and conversation and whenever you're in a place in your life whenever you feel like that is your identity it starves you from being able to ever move forward and just keeps you locked into that even deeper and people a lot of times do it out of boredom 
it's something to do to fill the void. Even more and more in this uh, age we live in, it's so hard to not have something to distract us because we desire to have purpose. And playing the role of a victim kind of gives us that outlet to express our feelings, albeit in a negative way, uh, to overcome that boredom and just the quietness in our minds. I feel like I've seen this a lot on internet and social media where a lot of people will make bold blanketed statements and then just a bunch of people who have like every right to be upset, you know, start saying things and some people go way overboard and start attacking people's character and stuff like that. But like you said, there are people who feed on that and then later on they go talk to their friend and gossip and say, well, you'll never guess what happened. I was just minding my own business said this thing and all these internet trolls just started attacking me like I'm a victim and then you bring up that in like every conversation you have like mm. I feel like you're just allowing yourself to be a victim like I I almost w- couldn't even think that you could even call yourself a victim if you are physically putting yourself in those situations because a victim would mean you know someone who was exposed to a traumatic experience, but if you throw yourself into the fire knowing that people are going to hurt you or mess with you or troll you, I don't even feel like at that point you could even be a victim. Well, that kind of goes into a little bit of that whole martyr syndrome bit of just like you desire to constantly have that attention of being the one in the spotlight. And it all comes down from a deeper hurt. You know, all of this is something, like we said, it's something done on a subconscious level a lot of times. We have to start realizing we're calling these things out so you can realize the patterns because we're not created to live in this we're created to coexist together we're created to lift each other up we're not created to be victims a victim mentality is a demonic thing it's not something that god desires of us it's not what you know the gospel is about it's not what jesus preached he didn't preach go and be a victim you know he preached overcome and you know Oh, you know, don't be overcome with evil, but overcome evil by doing good. Just steal your favorite Bible verse. I just say this my life verse, Romans 12, 21. The last thing I want to talk about with the victim mentality, though, is probably the biggest one on this list of why would someone want to be a victim? Because when you play the role of a victim, it's much easier to control those around you. Think about it for a minute. You control the atmosphere. You can get your way. You're the one hurting. You're the one with loss and pain. And you can use it to manipulate those around you. This is so common with people uh, with a lot of certain disorders, learned disorders, mind you, like victim mentality, borderline uh, disorder, things like that. Like I think about my situation growing up, like that was constantly used on me of, oh, well, I did or you did this to me or so-and-so said this, so I have to have this now because I'm going to control this situation because a lot of times it comes from a fear of losing control. And it's this controlled desire, this desire to constantly have everything under control. And a lot of times you think about it because a lot of people come from experiences where if they didn't control their atmosphere, it meant harm for them. And so you have these controlling narcissistic people that try to use this victim mentality to manipulate their environment to keep tabs on everything because if they can control everything, then they can keep 
some kind of stability in their life, but that's no way to live. It's not feasible. It's not practical. It's not acceptable, and it's definitely not spiritual or biblical to control everyone around you. We were created with free will for a reason. So with those things being discussed about how a victim mentality is something that's done a lot of times subconsciously, how it's uh, against me mentality and how we don't allow ourselves to get free from it. How do we stop? How do we stop playing the role of a victim or how do we help someone else stop from playing the role of a victim? The first thing is you have to recognize the pattern. Why do I do these things? Why does our friend do these things? What situations cause that? What traumatic event actually happened that they're not able to get free of yet? What traumatic event in in my life occurred to me that I have not received freedom from, that I have not been able to overcome, that leads me to constantly going back to that pain? Where is the void in my life that I keep feeling like I need to put pain in there? And how can I find that so I can replace it with something better? Why is that pain drawing me in? Is it a desire to control people? Is it a fear of losing someone? Is it a desire to have community? Is it because I'm being lazy and don't want to take responsibility? Is it because I'm caught up in a train of gossip and that gives me some kind of fake purpose? Do I need to find out my purpose? There's a pattern that occurs when a certain situation happens that makes us feel a certain way, which leads to this certain outcome. And we have to start cataloging those things to understand the why. The next thing of once we understand that is to replace the blame with some form of introspection. What do I mean by that? We have to find that blame, that guilt, that shame, the thing inside. Wherever we pin that blame, however we pin it, whether it be a parent or a friend or a colleague or someone online or something that happened years ago, wherever we pin these traumatic experiences that keeps us locked down, we have to pull those out, pull out the pin and look behind the page. Maybe imagine a push pin. You're holding it into something. Pull the pin out, flip it over, look at it from the backside, see what's causing this. We have to dive into ourselves, take a peek around, and look and figure out where that blame is being placed so we can do this next very thing. Face our fearful thoughts. So many times this comes from a a place of fear. We talked about how it can control uh, the situation around us. You can use the victim mentality to gain attention. Uh, You can use the victim mentality to try to dictate those around you to get what you want. But all of those things come back to other fears, fear of losing people, fear of not having significance, fear of not being important to someone else, fear of uh, chaos or fear of instability. And these are all genuine fears. And they're all things that are disguised down deep in our lives that we have to try to dig out. And Whenever we face our fears, we allow ourselves, we take the responsibility back, we take control of our lives, and we allow ourselves to get through this. And the last thing that leads me to is to create new habits. I've been going to therapy for a little while now, probably five months, something like that, Elaine. Is that right? About half a year, yeah. Yeah, and... And something I've learned about cognitive therapy, in which Elaine knows a lot more about this than I do, but despite what anyone ever tells you, 
you can rewrite your brain. I have a ton of different things right now that I am taking huge steps. I'm writing them down when I find them out. I'm allowing those thoughts to leave my mind and not get caught up on them. I am trying to create new habits and new ways of thinking to break free of these old cycles and these old thought patterns. And when it comes to victim mentality, it's the same thing. You can break old habits and you can get free of traumatic experiences. Yes, when you have a place of trauma, you react out of that. But what I'm saying is there comes a point in our lives where we have to choose to let that go and not get caught up in this mentality of victimization. Whenever you allow those thoughts to come to the surface, honestly, and you start dealing with them, you can change your habits. And that's where the greatest part of introspection comes from is whenever triggers come up and little things come up that remind you of those experiences, you're able to discern of one, how that makes you feel about those specific things. And two, how are you going to choose to react about those triggers and the things that come up that remind you of those traumatic experiences and just how you handle them how you think about them, how you feel about them. And then you are able to say, okay, well, I act this way when I see this or I think this way when I hear that or whatever. And I feel like whenever we understand those, that's a huge part of the healing process itself. And we're not supposed to stay stuck in our defeat. Yes, we have all been defeated at some point in our lives, But that's not where our story ends. That's not where we're supposed to stay. We're not meant to carry our burdens alone. That's not the story that Jesus has for us. And I think once we have a better grasp of the introspection and have a better grasp of how certain things make us feel and act and think and why we say the things we say and why we do the things we do, that's a really big part of the healing process. And a lot of times the healing process is a lifetime event But there's multiple stages of the healing process and having, you know, being, quote, a victim is only part of that. Right. And I think that just kind of sums up with this. You can't choose whether or not a lot of times in life if you're going to be a victim, but you can definitely choose if you're going to allow yourself to stay one. We've all got caught up in some form of victim mentality. This isn't just calling out those people. This is calling out all of us. We've all been there. We've all had that one thing that we hold on to because it's comforting to us. And let this be a call to let it go, to be able to say, you know what? This may have been who I was, but I'm not going to let it dictate who I am. This may have been something that happened to me. This may be a mentality I adopted out of defense, but I'm not going to allow it to dictate my life moving forward. And so, Our question to you this week is simply this. When you look in yourself, where do you see that victim mentality trying to take root? And how can we actively take daily steps to stop it, to not allow it to grow, to not allow it to be something bigger than it should be, and to be able to be free and live freely? know this was a big topic, and I know 
There's so many intricate details to it, and we're excited to keep this conversation going. If you enjoyed this episode and you enjoy this show, we ask that you go up there and click that subscribe button so you can stay in the loop every time a new episode comes out. And if maybe you've listened to a few episodes and you like what we have going on here, we love for you to go and leave us an honest review. That would help us to understand what you guys want and what we're doing right and how we can improve going forward. Of course, we mentioned it at the beginning. We'll mention it again. We have an active community group that we would love for you to be a part of to keep this conversation going. And be sure to share this on with a friend. Check out the website, therecklesspursuit.com. There you can find all of the listing of every episode we've ever done here on the show. You can find links to our videos, links to our weekly blog posts. You can get in contact us via email, send us a voicemail, say hi. We would love to hear from you. And as always, be brave. Be bold. And be reckless. We'll talk soon.